Hello, and welcome to What's That? A bonus episode of the Academy. Academy, get the hell out of town. Uh, fireworks, I'm... streamers. Whoa, 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 whoa. These guys, it's a new show. Are they allowed just to do a bonus episode? Well, because we're completists, because we're here for you, you better believe it. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Patrick Gremion. Welcome to the Academy, Academy, everybody. Wow, okay. I think you all know why we're here. I oh, think, yeah. I mean, everybody's been on the edge of their seat, edge of our, I've gotten, how many pieces of snail mail have you received from the fans of the Academy Academy begging for our coverage of the two latest Meryl Streep movies? Oh, hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds. Just the mailman hates me. The mailman hates my guts. He keeps, <laughs> to keep coming up to our house. What's with this mail? <laughs> Quit making my job more difficult. The, yeah, I got packages delivered. It's Christmas, baby. <laughs> the weight of these parcels. Well, and the amount of mail you receive, you might as well be Christopher Kringle himself. Yeah, and guess what? Much like Santa Claus, all of our mail very positive everybody oh, yeah. full of praise they full love of just us. excitement they love us they're, they're nice. no no hate mail no hate tweets we're, we're we got it all going the opinions uh, they're good that's what they tell us that's what they're saying only, that's they're, they're saying only right only right and look forward to some more of that today because we're talking about two new meryl street movies in released in the most 2020 fashion possible to streaming services one yes day apart oh yeah released to hbo hbo max december 10th 2020 let them all talk released to netflix december 11th 2020 the prom and boy if we're talking about the multiple sides of meryl streep i think you get them in these two films (laughs) this this is kind of like the dichotomy of streep this is like the you want Art House Academy Streep, you got that. You want like big brassy Streep, you got big brassy Streep. She's as big and bold and brassy as ever in this film. Makes Florence Foster Jenkins look like uh, just a a shred of lettuce. Like just like that level of like, yeah, just very big, very bold. And speaking of people who at least got to sing, Meryl Streep does sing in both of these movies like obviously front and center of the prom but do they throw in a little song in the soundtrack of her singing over a montage in let them all talk you better believe it baby oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah she is their group candace bergen just belt in one yeah big like a you know when you go to visit a grave in uh the uk (laughs) let's get get meryl streep to sing an old-timey old-timey ballad um yeah these movies are something we were talking about before we came on the air they are dramatically different but i think that there is a there is some crossover themes and ideas that we'll get to in both movies kind of in a surprising way i mean i think um you look at them in kind of a social or political or economic sense i think that they're covering some interesting ground that can be compared and contrasted with each other and yeah, I'm happy these are here. What a Christmas, early Christmas treat, early holidays treat. Oh yeah, holiday treat. Uh, Hanukkah you know, treat. It took me, um, you know, we don't need to get into details. You're all dealing with it. We're recording this a day after Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> oh, 84, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the, the seven-hour seven <laughs> epic? What was, how yeah. many hours, 12 hours? How long was that movie? 
you're gonna your ass is gonna be in front of the TV for a while. But almost <laughs> we had figuring out how to get HBO Max to watch Let Them All Talk for you was it's an entirely different oh, yeah. story. You know, I, thank I, goodness, like last minute Roku deal made it happen. But uh, oh man, God, texts yeah. were exchanged. <laughs> yeah, we we did the we did the Roku magic. We made it work. It is so messed up that HBO Max does not have an app on Roku. That is like they, they, it's there now. But it was like again, it was like a very last minute, very much like yeah. Right. I, I as much as I would like it that the people were beating down the door because they wanted to see let them all talk. I have a feeling they were beating down the door because they wanted to see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four and oh. really just kind of get themselves ready for a year from now watching Dune. On your iPhone, the way oh, it was meant yeah. to be seen. <laughs> yeah, watching it in a, in a, we're going to watch it in a 10 minute quick bites, Dune. Yep. We're going to separate I, that f- three hour movie into, you know, 30, 10 minute parts and then gotta uh, pause it every five minutes to tweet out what a smoke show Timothy Chalamet is. Oh, yeah. What a, an absolute little hunk. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Jason Momoa. Jason Wawoa. Yeah, Hug City, <laughs> Dune. Yeah, that is, that is, yeah, Batista, it is the city of hugs. Yeah, a lot, a lot of hugs. Yeah, that's, that's, that is what, um, uh, Herbert, Frank Herbert, that was, that was what he had in mind yeah. when he wrote the novel. It was just like, someday I'm just going to get a murderer's row of Hollywood hunks to play all these parts. <laughs> murderer's row of Hollywood hunks. That's a Coen yeah. Brothers movie. That'd be yes, cool. yeah, I think yeah. That, was one of, that was one of the fake movies in, uh, in Hail Caesar, I think. Yeah, a murderer's row of Hollywood hunks. But, uh, but we figured out HBO Max for you. The Academy Academy loyal listeners. Uh, we of course already had Netflix. I will oh, yeah. say I think that the um, the interface on HBO Max already better than the interface on Netflix. Getting getting around, boy. Oh, yeah. The uh, I felt like such an old man trying to figure out where to find his house. The uh, horror movie that Netflix released the other night on there. I'm like, where the hell is this? I know where to find Mank. But yes. I can't find his house. Not the house of Haunting Hill. I want ha- his house. Yeah. Come on. Not Hubie Halloween. His yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> Not the house of Haunting Hubie Halloween. I've already seen Hubie Halloween. <laughs> oh, I might see that this uh, this, ah. uh, this week at some point. I kind of want to still. I'm still. I'm. I'm I want to. I want to uh, to take a bite out of that uh, Sandler sandwich. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, not to get off on too much of a tangent. I think we've. But we do talk about Adam Sandler, I believe, every episode. That is true. So is true. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought Hubie Halloween was fun. I'm excited. It was, I it was dumb. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, like, um, cringy at times. But there were some, <laughs> ge- there were some genuine laughs. They, he got all of his friends and then some to do some really weird shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's I mean, doing an uh, inexplicable voice. It's got it all. If you're, yeah. a, if you're a Sandler fan, it's got it all. Oh man! Like, what a, what a way to follow up on cut gems. <laughs> yeah, just like screw it. We're going. We're going back to the the hits. Yeah, we're playing yeah. The classics. He rules. He was ahead of the game on the streaming service, but Meryl Streep joining him now. Two uh, two movies. So let's. Uh, what do you say we get it? What do you say we get into this? Oh, yeah, uh, ready, we're, ready. we're talking about let them all talk first, and I'll hit you all up with. Uh, your, the beloved. Everybody know. Everybody loves this part. The statistics. Oh yeah, give it give of it the to film. Me. Directed by 
Steven Soderbergh, written by Deborah Eisenberg. As we said, it was a it's an HBO Max original, part of a new deal that uh, futurist Steven Soderbergh has signed. Apparently, he has already got a first edit done on his next HBO Max film. The man is incredible. <laughs> He's incredible. Uh, it has a, obviously no box office totals here. Um, we'll get into it, but you know. Would this movie have made any level of a dent at all if in a normal year in a regular theatrical setting? I, I think I think Soderbergh might be correct in his assumption that if you want to see a movie like this, streaming might be the future for this kind of thing. But we'll get there. Right. Uh, this has an eighty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Uh, critical consensus reads: When Steven Soderbergh rounds up a cast this talented, it's definitely wise to let them all talk. And this light yet rewarding dramedy more than lives up to expectations. You know, as cheesy as that sentence was, <laughs> I think it's pretty spot on. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I like this movie. Oh yeah, and it's like a hundred percent Steven Soderbergh. It's it's almost like a weird like we were talking about Sandler, and we you know one of the more infamous things about Sandler, right, is he'll do these movies that seem like. A, uh, wild excuses or not wild excuses like that seem like vacations almost where like he'll shoot in like Hawaii with his good friends or he'll shoot in an African safari and this kind of seems like like the ideal like the platonic ideal of that kind of movie where it's like hey we're on this cruise ship uh, I'm gonna get like uh, Meryl Streep and Candace Burr like some of the greatest actresses of our generation and yeah. just uh, you know shoot them sort of half improvising uh off of a because uh, i think they only use the out like he only used the outline of the eyes i believe it a, de- a detailed outline yeah, yeah detailed, detailed yeah. outline no and that's not like uh that's not a besmirching the work of eisenberg uh but uh it's yeah because this movie is very structured yeah around all of kind of the hangout scenes but there he's very deliberate in how he re- reveals information yeah. Oh, it yeah, it definitely has like the sense of a, and it's like one of those things too where it, it, I think it like uh, when you look at it initially, it looks very like uh, Lucy Goosey or it, to the untrained eye, it could appear kind of like oh, they're just sort of thing. It's just things happening, and there's all these quick cuts, and but then you you it leads to something and it builds up to a great like reveal in the very end. And I think yeah, and it, and, it, and the more you think about it, it's like oh yeah, so much of this is very deliberate. I think we'll hold off too on um the end is a pretty i'm not gonna we'll probably spoil well i think we'll be spoiling the prom because i don't think the prom is all that surprising but um i think it's pretty necessary to have come into this one pretty cold in terms yes. of knowing much about what's going on in this film like you know because i think one of the most beautiful things is something you kind of brought up is um the the ease and leisure for which he reveals what's going on with each of these characters and kind of the elliptical editing style where he will almost cut away mid sentence mm-hmm. in scenes. And you're like, Is that, what's that scene? That, that scene doesn't feel over, but then you realize it's like, no, that's cool. It's a very like rat, like experimental, interesting style. Cause he got what he needed mm-hmm. out of that scene. And right. I think, um, you know, to get to, and I think the actors are having a lot of fun with that. I don't think any of these actors, with the exception of perhaps Lucas Hedges, have gotten a chance to kind of um, play in this kind of naturalism 
that Soderbergh is presenting here in quite a while. Right. You know, right. in particular, the three leads. Oh, yeah. No, you don't see. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Diane Weist in like a film comparable or maybe there is, but I don't know. Uh, or uh, and I think like. I will say though, it isn't what okay, I feel like this movie, I feel I watched this movie and it's great, but there's a part of me that feels a little bad for Meryl Streep just because this is, I feel like this is another example of she's such a giving actor player and she is like, and she's, it's, it's another movie where ostensibly she's the lead, like on paper, she's the lead, but then like, I feel like she gets overpowered because the role she's playing, she's such, it's such a, she's so uh, subtle's not the right term, but like, she's, she's elusive. Yeah, she's, she's really elusive. elusive. She's incredibly yeah. elusive. And like, as a result, uh, you don't get that much insight into her character, at least like for a significant portion of the film. And you don't, uh, it's just like, you kind of want to see what other people, because I feel like Candace Bergen is such an interesting character. And also her character is pretty unlikable. For like yeah. Jeez, like, it's like, it's not a fun character to be around. But the twist in it is this idea, like at the top of it, you think it's a very traditional, like, Oh, this is an artist who, speaking of Mank, oh, uh, oh, yeah. used used some real life stuff and made it look pretty ugly yep. and hurt me because of it. But kind of revealing that, like, I mean, Jesus, the part where Candace Bergen doesn't care necessarily about rekindling any level of friendship. Oh, it's easy. She just wants financial compensation. Oh, it's so messed up, yeah. And, is, and it's, again, Soderbergh, who does, I mean, I mean, like, if you think back to Magic Mike, a movie that on paper is a silly movie about male strippers, but it's oh, truly yeah. about the economics of getting by in this town in Florida. Oh, yeah. And all of his movies reveal themselves to be of kind of like capitalism within these kind of crazy worlds he's put together. And mm -hmm. underdogs kind of either getting corrupted or fighting. Yeah, the system or wanting to really be a part of the system and then not being invited in. Yeah. Oh, and and it's, oh it's so sad because it is like and it's it's a you feel for like, you know, all the empathy is directed towards Candace Bergen's character, or at least my empathy is directed towards her character because like you see clearly from the beginning, yeah, she's work, she's uh, working at a uh, Victoria's Secret, essentially, with, or, like, the, with a bunch of teenagers as her coworkers. Yeah, as, as her manager, like her yeah. manager is like maybe like younger than I am, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and uh, it's just not cool, and uh, <laughs> to put it politely, and it's and she's trying to think to like another like thread in the film is she's trying to find a uh, husband. Like, yeah. husband and it's like yeah. and on one hand it seems a little crass but on the other hand you're like rooting for her a little bit because it's like dog i get it it's, like you want to be comfortable it is the glory of the movie is that she could have been a very paper thin villain oh big and time. she's so interesting and complicated i remember i read an interview with um jude law the other day and he was talking about his character in contagion another mm -hmm. Soderbergh movie and I'm sure any of you have watched Contagion over the last oh, yeah. 12 months but what is fascinating about him his character in that film is that 
it's very difficult to figure out if he's good or bad. And I guess people were coming up to him on the street asking him that question. And Jude Law was like, can't he be both? And this playing in Shades of Grey, which I think the Candace Bergen character does as well, because I think she has, she probably has reason to be spiteful toward Meryl Streep's character. But the way she goes about kind of getting her getting it back yeah and the way it's also like lined up it's like oh like the entire movie is set up that meryl streep is kind of the bad guy yeah to her friends well like you know and i'll tell you like my 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 family hated meryl streep's character so much they were all like i hate this lady she's like the worst like (laughs) i don't like i watched this with my family and they were all like i don't like meryl streep at all she's She's a bad, bad lady, boo. <laughs> like, like, uh, but, but they had, and they, you know, and part of it too, I think, is that she is like kind of, um, I think it's just like, she kind of plays like that caricature of a New York uh, socialite uh, fantasy. She's, you know. she's very out of touch. Exactly. Oh, big time. And they, and, but, yeah. but the movie does a great job, I think, of like, you know, calling that out. And I mm-hmm. think that's like a great, like, I think one of the best moments is when, Diane Weist uh, is like, you know, uh, is talking to Candace Berg and they're either playing Scrabble or Monopoly. one of the games that they're oh, playing. Oh, yeah, all I the games. <laughs> That's so fun. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, there we go, playing one of their games. But uh, I wouldn't, uh, Dan is like, why does she talk like that? Or whatever. And like they, like, they, like, like they let the audience, I guess, in on like, yeah, like this isn't normal. This is like, yeah. Was how she talks down to the guy, the successful thriller writer guy the Stephen King guy or James Patterson yeah Yeah. but then they cut across the table and Candace Bergen and Diane Weist are in love with him and couldn't give a shit about Meryl Streep's art and it like bring and like the balance of power in it is so exciting how it and everyone does these like twists and turns because she's not nice to them she's incredibly caring to Lucas Hedges's character oh she's so nice to Lucas Hedges (laughs) yeah and it's just everything that you think is going to happen in this with, in terms of the character interactions mm. kind of doesn't. And I found that so refreshing. Yeah, it is like, and, it, and I'm, and it's interesting too. Yeah. Like a lot of the things in, there's a version of this movie, like Lucas Hedges' arc is so fascinating too. And his, uh, and what did you think of the, there's only one character we haven't discussed. who's kind of like outside of the main group. Uh, the yeah. Chema Chan, uh, the the is I guess a literary agent. She was a she's a new actor to me. I didn't um, I've probably seen her in something, but um, this was the first like thing where she really cut. I thought she was great. Oh, and I thought awesome. she was fascinating in it. And I thought all of her stuff with Lucas Hedges was so like it was painful, but so like it felt so true. Oh man, the part where she, yeah, there's a great, I'm not going to say anything about it, but like there's some great, there, she has some great moments where she gets to shine as an actor. Like the five, the five principal cast members all knock it out of the park. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And of course, and even all like the guy who plays the James Patterson character, the guy who plays, um, we'll just call him a mystery man that is yeah. reading the Odyssey. Oh, cool yeah. side. <laughs> um, um, all of them are so interesting too and it's just you know i think soderbergh and this is what kind of why one of the reasons i love his work so much is the fact that yes like on the surface he 
a big part of what he does is kind of he wants to play with something he hasn't played with before within kind of the movie making realm, whether it's something like this, where it's like, oh, we're going to go on a cruise ship and see what happens. Or it's something like Ocean's Eleven. We're going to make a big star-studded heist type thing. Or, um, you know, like Haywire, the movie with Gina Carano, the his, his like action thriller movie or side effects, his attempt at a like fatal attraction, 90s sex thriller. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, or bub- yeah, or bubble or girlfriend experience or the Nick. I mean, yeah. just down, just over and over again oh, down man. the line. Yeah. But, and you would say like, this is something like, I was just mentioning Patrick before he came on and I really love James Cameron's work. I just read a biography of him. But his entire thing is like, let's see how to figure out technology. And then we could put maybe a story into all of these cool discoveries. Right. Soderbergh seems to like, had the best of both worlds he wants to make all of these technological these kind of like cinematic discoveries but at his core he he knows who he is as a storyteller he wants to tell these very things that you think you're seeing one thing but you're finding out something else kind of stories mm-hmm. he's very tricky he's very um he's funny in that he's kind of a trickster in his movies and i just i just find his work so interesting and exciting each even when it's something like the last street movie the laundry mat which probably pushed the experimentation a little too far into the cutesy zone but it doesn't really matter because he already moved on and made this one <laughs> like yeah. he's he's also not making he's not paul thomas anderson where every movie is like takes six years and it's an event and it has to be the biggest thing ever right. it's like no soderbergh's gonna have a movie next year and we'll see what he does then well what i like about that too is like that kind of like like yeah he's he strips himself i think his movies like lack a like a pretension that other like a pt like i love pt anderson but yeah like that whole idea of like i'm gonna make this big epic film and it's like an important thing that the cinema world of cinema needs to see like i feel like soderbergh lacks that like aspect to his filmmaking and uh, well, you take him for like, granted because he's more workmanlike. Yeah, he's a war exactly. Yeah, he's hundred percent more workmanlike, uh, and he's not always mm-hmm. like I feel like uh, he'll like look for larger themes, but he's also not trying to be like definitive in his films. Like his films are so specific, and like, like I had an argument like uh, about this movie where like some people um, in my family were talking about like, uh, not necessarily like you know like the uh, the argument changed, but like. Um, like we were talking about like the kids like in technology in the movie and what the people think about like the the young generation and i think that like uh steven soderbergh is not like the type of director that tries to make uh these like that or he's not always trying to make these vast like wide-ranging like you know this is my this is my definitive take on the youth or whatever and i think like yeah and especially with like a character like lucas hedges where like his character is so specific uh, his character is like the son of someone who did like a Bernie Madoff esque scandal or something like that. I probably should have. That's a guy. I might delete that. that yeah, but it bring no. I I believe, but I mean, at the same time though, that does bring the interesting Soderbergh's relationship with money oh, into it because true. this could be a movie about a bunch of rich people who get to afford to go on this boat. Oh, it's yeah. actually a movie about one rich person. Yeah. And everyone else kind of who are brought along and kind of dealing in their wake 
well, there's a boat thing too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's that's funny too because even the literary agent really can't afford to go on the boat herself. Like, yeah, they all. They yeah, all, they, she has to beg all, to get on. Yeah, and it's all yeah, and it's all the gravity. Yeah, Meryl Streep's character kind of brings them all. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. It's really, it's it's so subtle. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, one thing about Lucas Hedges' character, he's got to be the character has to be one of the least annoying millennial zoomers that has been put on screen because you're right he's not judged he just gets to live yeah and he's treated like a normal human being not some sort of like i i I, boy this is such a like you see like i've only seen the previews to the show uh euphoria oh yeah and you know (laughs) spoiler alert i'm gonna be a parent soon and that show, like, I saw the previews and I'm like, oh, my God. No, no, no. So to see, like, a guy is like, yeah, he's figuring it out. He's, yeah. you know, it's like, okay. There's, they're not all, like, addicted to meth and naked all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's, a, he's a normal dude. Like, yeah, like, the yeah, like the worst he can say about his character is occasionally he gets a little too pompous or pretentious for his own good. But yeah. even then, it's like, who wasn't like that when they were, like, in their We're trying 20s. stuff out when you've read a new book. Like... Yeah. Oh, I, re- I read, uh, you know, here's a hot one, uh, Infinite Jest when I was <laughs> oh, 19 no. or something like that. You get ideas in your head and it, like, I, you're like, oh, this is cool. I feel proud of myself. I, or, you know, earlier version, if you had read War and Peace or Gravity's yeah. Rainbow or something like that. So you're just like, you're throwing that out? Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, reading. <laughs> you're reading Sophie's Choice. Um, yeah, so I think he's just trying to feel it out. And he's also, when he's with yeah, Machen, she's older. Oh, big time. He's yeah. professional. She works in a literary industry. So he's trying to like he doesn't he he's aware, he's insecure. So he's oh, trying to keep up with it. But he was it was it, and I think he's done this before in the other films. He's got like, Lady Bird or Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. I, there's a reason why this kid is getting cast and so many directors are looking at him so closely because I think he does have um very natural like 22 year old kid quality to him that reaches through the screen and feels very relatable and very recognizable um feels very real yeah it's like and it's like yeah like yeah yeah, i saw shades of myself a little bit sometimes as like a kid where like yeah uh, you're trying to you're maybe you're punching a little above your weight uh intellectually but you're trying to keep up and and he's not like, like you get the chance to talk to like a really cute person Oh God, yeah. Who's like impressive to you? You get a little crush on him, and you're like, "Ooh, I don't." Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna take you to the dance club. That scene was very yeah. good. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. It's such energy. I love a good club scene. Yeah, uh, it's done well. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really under the circumstances. I mean, I guess we haven't even talked about the fact that they weren't real. They only had two weeks on this boat. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to really shut down any aspects of the boat they were they did not they were not able to bring a ton of traditional gear or crew mm-hmm. on board the classic Soderbergh experiment to make the best out of like you know I mean he was the first guy to like in a big movie to shoot on the iPhone oh, like yeah. he's he's up for anything and he's always looking for new tricks and moves and I think this one is really cool and I, to get Meryl Streep who we've talked about before it doesn't tend to um 
her she's always good but her movies tend to kind of play in uh especially recently a zone that you know kind of prestige big yeah kind of this is she's getting a chance even though the character is elusive to actually be pretty playful mm-hmm. in this yeah. movie and you know something we always bring up she's the best fucking co-star like yeah. She gives everyone in this a chance to shine. She's generous. Yeah, yeah. as always. Um, you know, her scenes with Lucas Hedges are super warm. Oh, her scenes you. with Candace Bergen are fascinating. And when Candace kind of like um, turns the tables on her a bit toward the end of the movie, Streep's genuine like shock and heartbreak is really like comes through on the screen. Like, I don't think she's the character saw the way it was going to twist yeah. in that relationship and it's just a very intriguing movie it's obviously not like you know it's not a blockbuster it's not it's not even like a paul thomas anderson or quentin tarantino or david fincher like once every six years like my statement on the world today no, kind of very, movie. It's very minor. It's very, in a good way. Not in a, in a not yeah. A, not a slight. Yeah. Cause like, it's just a, it's just like a film about like, yeah, five people on a boat basically yeah. uh, on a cruise ship. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And it's a, uh, you know, and the fact that it was shot in two weeks is kind of, it is nuts. I agree with you there. It is like an insane. I think it has a cool look to it in the, especially in the rooms he could kind of control the look. Mm-hmm. It's a dark movie, like the lighting is low for a lot of it, but he's so, um, I mean, I heard this story, I don't know if it was him or David Fincher, like a combination of both of them, but their kind of idea, like, because they, they are um, buddies and share, share their work with each other in early cuts. And um, it's kind of concept of like, you have a hundred shots that are possible but really you only have two and one is right. And I always think about that every time Soderbergh is setting up shots. Cause it's like, okay, he really did. Like he's trying to do so much in just a conversation scene about like, what's the angle? Like what's, how's the lighting? And he is his own cameraman too. He's uh, he, this one again was um, cinematography by Peter Andrews edited by Marianne Bernard, who are both pseudonyms for Steven Soderbergh. So he's doing it all again mm-hmm. and he's just his craft and i think that's why it feels minor because his craft is so good so invisible mm-hmm. and he just continues to tell surprising interesting stories i mean this is i, I, I think he's closing in on almost 30 movies already oh, in yeah. his career and each time out i mean he was talking in an interview the other day he was talking about the good german which was a movie i didn't really love when it came out but he said he's doing a remaster on it i'm like oh i, I might pick up that blu-ray because i might give it another try because i was like maybe now i can take a look at it and feel differently about it and he's just he's such a um you know thank god for him thank god he's making movies thank god he's out there yeah and i love good that fight. he found his, his weird niche where like he's successful enough where he's at a point where like He's successful enough for he's at a point where if he wants to make a weird like if he has a weird idea he can pitch it to like an HBO Max or a Netflix or a Crackle or whatever and most yeah. likely he'll be able to because he's also good at like keeping things low budget yeah. he's good at like and so like 
he's kind of in this perfect situation for him. And he can get stars all the time. Stars love him because and want to be in his movies. He's great. Yeah. Like all, you know, you got Dr. Pepper on tap, I assume like, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think because like, I was gonna say like this movie. Uh, if anything, this uh, this movie is almost like to me like most comparable to. Did you ever watch Mosaic? Yes, yes. This movie kind of had huge mosaic energy to me. Like mm-hmm. it had like I think that was the most comparable, at least especially in terms of like the lighting and like the. I think that movie had very similar lighting, and also had this very similar like. Uh, you can tell that both were probably filmed on like a budget, but they both had excellent casts. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one was obviously way bigger, like a television show, but like, it's just, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to the path that seems uh, Soderbergh's taking right now, where he is willing to make these, he's like the type of guy who's like, you know, I could probably film this for $2 million. Let's make it happen. Yeah, he really has turned kind of the post-traffic and Ocean's Eleven career, like peaks of like huge hit movie, plus like major Academy Award. I mean, it is crazy. The year he won for Traffic, he was also nominated for Best Director for Aaron Brockovich. Oh, yeah. Which is just, I mean, he's, yeah, he's just an incredible guy, a total visionary. And, you know, to get to kind of the streaming talk, obviously, we kind of told some jokes at the top about the HBO Max streaming lineup and everything like that. That was the worst thing that happened in 2020. I I'm just pretty much vehemently disagree with um, putting things like Dune on the streaming service. Like I will be there at the at the damn ArcLight Dome yeah. when the day comes to see that, regardless yeah. of if it's on my TV at the same time. But I also know that's my taste, and I also know I want movies like that. Let them all talk to still be released, and yeah. frankly, let them all talk would get drowned in a traditional theatrical setting another boat water reference there (laughs) uh it's just not a movie i think people would race out to and um but it's a movie that should be made and should be out there and so i think hopefully the streaming services recognize that there is an audience not just for like trending topic movies or blockbusters that this is an opportunity to let get these kind of movies that are maybe a little bit like as patrick said uh politely minor yeah uh out in the world and i'm glad this exists and i hope people watch it because i give this a big recommendation i thought this was a really good movie it's a movie i would watch again not you know someday at some point in my life (laughs) i will probably revisit it because it's it's too interesting you know, not to, uh, but I guess the big question would be, uh, obviously, the bracket and the tournament started before this came out. Oh, yeah. And if, if we had to do a bracket again, does Let Them All Talk, the, those top 16 that we need to um, really take a hard look at in the Merrill filmography? Oh, man. Where would he, I think so. I wanted to put this movie in. Where do we put it in our bracket if we were to put it in? Uh, would it oh. be Academy, maybe? Yeah, it's just, it doesn't thematically fit any of these. I mean, I think the movie it's closest to is, um, you know, hashtag justice for Ricky, Ricky and the Flash, in terms of Meryl Streep's filmography and what we've done. Kind of a grounded character piece yeah, rather than sort of a, a bolder com- kind of thing. It's, yeah. yeah, kind of a comedy. Kind of a comedy, a little bit, yeah. Drama, dramedy. We don't have a dramedy bracket. Maybe we have to create an entire 
dramedy bracket Ooh, just for this yeah. kind of thing. You just have to mix and match the bracket a bit. Yeah, but I can see. Yeah, put your movie uh, Prime Ooh, in the dramedy bracket. I, I think that's a dramedy. Get my boy Ben Younger on that bracket. Um, but I think I think she's great in this movie. I, th- I hope that she makes more movies in this vein going forward. Yeah. I, I don't think it has the fireworks that probably the other 16 movies we have have. Yeah, it doesn't have like the bona fides necessarily. Well, it's also, it's just, it's new and it just came out. So like, I mean, I guess like maybe if this movie came out in 2000 or something. You gotta kind of let it, uh, gotta get those juices and those flavors kind of really in there, you know, get marinate a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, let that cinematic chili boil a bit. Don't forget the cumin. Yeah, don't. Don't Don't forget the cumin. Come on, people, please. Cumin, Uh, don't forget the cumin. Yeah, however you want to pronounce it, we got to get those flavors. Yes. Flavortown, Flavortown, baby. Flavortown, (laughs) go to your local Guy Fieri restaurant. Take off your mask. Breathe very very heavily into into the other patrons' faces. I know people have been talking about this, and this is way off topic, but has anyone redeemed themselves in the pandemic more than Guy Fieri has? No, no, he's good. He's 100% yeah. a good man. He's a good man. Yeah, he, he rules. He I rules. want him to be a guest on our show. Yeah, Guy, what's your favorite stream? Can we gotta know. know. Tell me what donkey sauce is. I want to know what this is. I think it's good. Oh, I want to know. That was, that was the thing. It's like, man, what an enjoy it. Like, like, I know they're not good for me, but obviously I do want to eat, like, the extreme fajitas or whatever oh, is yeah. happening at his place. Like, don't rip it. It's more. It's way more enjoyable than any of that, like, foodie bullshit. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> no, I like, I like, a, I'm a big, I'm a tendy man. Give, yeah. me a, give me a little tendy or, like, those little, like, boneless wings. Like, yeah, toss, toss, toss them in donkey sauce. We'll find out what it is. I want to try this. Let me know. I want to know the, the sound. I think what, the, I will say, donkey sauce did initially scare me because it's, it's, donkey sauce does not sound like a sauce I would want to eat. Like, what is yeah. it? What is a donkey dirty. taste? It sounds like? a little dirty. It does sound dirty. And it sounds like, yeah, it reminds, ugh, God, it reminds me of, like, Hot sauce. Like, have you ever gone to the hot sauce place? Okay, a uh, little LA deep cut. Have you gone to the hot sauce place in the Grove? You know what I'm talking about? There's like a there's like a hot sauce. I think I I know I think I've been in there, but I I think I um I've heard I think it. I've walked past it. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's like a, a, a store that only <gasps> oh, sells hot sauce um, in like the farmers market area. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. there's like it is so funny because like you go in there and like every hot sauce is named like. Uh, motherfucking pisses, Uncle Fucker's murder sauce. Yeah. And this sauce will make you shit out of your butt. Like yeah. it's just like literally sounds appetizing. Sounds no, appetizing. It's like, or like, or a lot of them like weirdly are about killing Osama bin Laden. Like a lot of the sauces are like we murdered Osama bin Laden hot sauce. Like it's like they were released in 2011. There, there are a lot of stolen valor in the hot sauce community. Yeah, a lot of stolen valor. <laughs> hey, you used my ancho paste. That was yeah. that wasn't your ancho paste. <laughs> quit quit wearing that medallion. That yeah. <laughs> Try and burn this hot sauce, asshole. Oh yeah, I think there's a Cheney one too. It's funny. It's fascinating. Yeah. I might. We should do a, a bonus episode where we just go in there and look at all. Yeah, the if you want to hear that. And also, <laughs> I, I I got a big pitch. Like, what if we like said instead of Patrick cooking all of Julie Powell's versions of Julia Child's recipes. What if Patrick just got Guy Fieri's cookbook and we did a Guy and Patrick 
just a straight up movie. Oh, that's good. And then I get to see Guy Fieri's exhibit at the Smithsonian. Leave, leave with some donkey sauce there. <laughs> yeah, I leave some donkeys. I leave a little plate of donkey sauce there. <laughs> oh, I think this is better. I think this yeah. is way better. Oh, man. <laughs> By the end of it, I have frosted tips and a little goatee. Like, yeah. oh, man, this is good. Yeah, it'd be like a David Cronenberg body horror movie. All of a sudden, you become I'm, Guy Fieri. I'm slowly <laughs> becoming my own uncle. Like, that's yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, then you... I mean, if there's anything uncles do, it's definitely collecting hot sauce. So, uh... Oh, yeah. You're, you're on your way there. I'm on my way um, there. So, as it stands now, we're letting it marinate. You know, we've, we've put some cellophane over a bowl of Let Them All Talk. Yep. And we're going to see how it goes in a couple of years, but we liked it. We recommend it. Uh, check it out on HBO yeah. Max. Give it a watch. Uh, let's, Meryl, keep working with Soderbergh. Let's, let's do more of these. Uh, you know, and also, like, other auteurs out there. Um, start, start taking a hard look at Meryl for different, uh, different kind of roles. Yeah, PT. Look yeah. at Meryl. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'd love to work with her. I'm sure he's a fan. But... Um, Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess it just hasn't happened yet, but let's let's see that happen. We'll, we'll get it. Okay, that was let them all talk. Oh, now we're entering. The you zone. can kind of hear it. It's like it's like we're we're, we're going up. Um, we're on a roller coaster. And we're kind of like you hear that click 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 of the tracks as we're as we're going up high before the big drop. <laughs> let, let me tell you, this podcast host definitely afraid of roller coasters. They're like yeah. very scary. So they're yeah. gonna oh no. So get ready, folks. Yeah. We are talking about the prom. Oh, yeah. Uh here's here's some facts on the prom. Uh directed by Ryan Murphy, screenplay by Bob Martin and Chad. And I'm sorry, Chad. Um Chad Big Bigulian. I'm yeah, it, I apologize. It's a tough I'm sorry. Uh based on the prom, um their uh Broadway show which is by the aforementioned Chad and Bob, along with Matthew Scalar. Uh, this movie, box office-wise, it did get a small theatrical release, as you can imagine, both coming from Netflix and during a pandemic, did not tip the scales too much at the box office. Made $187,000. Um, the critical reception from our friends at Rotten Tomatoes um 58 percent uh consensus reads through fiery songs and dance breaks the prom's bonanza of glitz glitter and jazz hands may be enough to whisk audiences away feels like there's a butt there but there's not um (laughs) (laughs) uh this you know this movie's pretty wild i guess we could just start there uh it's long there's it I think we counted them up. I believe there's there's 19 songs Ooh, on the wow. soundtrack. And yeah, I guess we could start off. This movie's two hours and 15 minutes. And I think they could have gotten their message across in a half hour and by cutting one of the lead characters. Um, Honestly, yeah, I can think of one character. What sucks is the character that uh, I, I could, that makes most sense to cut out is like, the one I kind of liked the most and wished I could see more of. of the Interesting. Uh, Interesting. And I would say that's the Nicole Kidman. I think that you could cut the Nicole Kidman character oh, without missing a beat. Yeah. She's like a, non, she's like a non-character. And like they, 
And what's a, uh, you know, and uh, I know this is based, this is based on like a, a play, like a Broadway musical. And I have a feeling that that Broadway musical is longer and there's more songs. Cause like, it, it's funny how like this movie is super long, but it also feels like you're missing, like there must've been more to that character, right? In the Broadway musical. Yeah. By the time she gets to the, um, the Bob Fosse homage about yeah. halfway through the movies where she finally gets a song, the song both kind of feels tacked on oh, a yeah. bit. And um, I, and I get it. Nicole Kidman seems like she's just very happy to be there yeah. and very happy. You know, I go, okay, let's we tear off the bandaid here. We do need to say that this movie's heart is in a good place. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, obviously like acceptance and community and bringing everyone together and being, being, feeling good about where everyone, how everyone feels and yeah. it's all good stuff. Um, yeah. And it's not like a movie that's meant to be like challenging. It's a movie that's meant to be like, yeah, like it's a, it's a feel good movie in that regard as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that kind of is the reason why, you know, it has a ending in which everyone. Oh yeah. Everyone gets a win. Everyone comes together. Everyone is shockingly accepting. Yeah. Uh, even like after Shakespeare play where everyone marries in the end. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like uh, the tacked on, like in Don Giovanni, how like at the end of it, after Don Giovanni is dragged to the pits of hell, like all the musicians, all the stars of Don Giovanni come out or the cast members come out. They just sing a happy song about, well, this is over. We've learned our lesson. La, la, la. And it's like, yeah, it's that level. Of yeah. Fun. It has that kind of vibe. And with, yeah, everyone gets their moment. Everyone learns something. Thing. everyone you know either couples up or or you know in this movie accepts who the person they may have been at odds with is yeah no no and, reckoning is had you know i think there is a place for that and i think this is something like this doesn't come down to quality this comes down to just purely what you enjoy watching yeah and as a movie fan i enjoy watching the kind of slow slow simmering dramatic tension between three 70 year old ladies on a boat uh more than i do this kind of maximalist two hour and 15 minute 20 song epic in which you know frankly the two characters that matter the very most in this movie and my two favorite performances in the movie are the two newcomers oh yeah play the two kids Oh, she's so good. Uh, she's Joe Ellen Pellman. This is her first movie. These are these are the characters. Like, I know it's based on this musical and it's got all this other stuff. These are the characters I wanted to be with for two hours. I wanted to watch their journey together and their love story together and kind of watch these two very fresh, unaffected actors who felt very like, emotionally engaged they weren't putting on we can get to the, <laughs> uh, broadway costumes and kind of like you know goofing goofing about they not, were not, like not every song every moment is a dance scene and like bright lights coming out of nowhere for some reason like you yeah can't uh, it wasn't like it didn't require a working knowledge of broadway cliches and tropes to understand the emotion behind these two characters' feelings. I thought they were both great. I hope to see them both in other things oh, going yeah. forward. Um, 
And what's interesting too is there's like a, a book that's based on the Broadway musical that was written by, um, actually it was not written by the people from the Broadway musical, but it's just like a book adaptation of the Broadway musical. And what they do in the in that book adaptation is they change the, it's way more about the, uh, the lesbian female student, like the person who's like, and the crux of this uh, crisis and it's uh, instead of like this whole cast of prom people, it's like one actor and like the and Meryl Streep's character is actually a director or a producer. Can't remember. Like she's not like the, a Broadway star. She's like a producer. And so like, like I there's almost like a part of me that wishes that they adapted the book instead of the play because I think like the I feel like a the thing about like adapting a Broadway play too is like I feel like a lot of this movie would be. Like the energy in this movie is there, but like I'd oh, yeah. rather see that energy like on stage, like you know, people yeah. like dancing. And I think like I'm I'm more forgiving to some of that stuff when it's like done, you know, in real life as opposed to like you know just watching. It yeah, on- and I think the interesting thing about this is in within all the tw- and you might disagree with me on this. Um, it's incredibly clear that Andrew Rannells is a real Broadway star oh, and everyone time. else in the group is not yeah. because the scene, the, 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 the musical number that I thought really worked was the mall one where he was like oh, trying to get them yeah. and just like, Oh, this guy can dance. He can move. He knows how to like present himself in kind of the Broadway. Like he's very trained and very successful in that. Yeah. And everyone else are Hollywood people who are like, this sounds fun. Maybe I'll, you know, give this yeah. a go. And what the energy of this movie had was kind of, you're right, like the, it needs kind of the big, let's put on a big freaking Broadway show energy, which the background people, the lesser characters who are like the big dancers and stuff like that. Like I like the big wide shots of seeing everybody moving around, people doing flips and shit. And um, far more than I did kind of, the ain't I a stinker vibe that like Meryl Streep's songs <laughs> kind of brought oh, yeah. to the table. Yeah, James uh, Corden's too. I feel like James Corden was a big <sighs> ain't I a stinker as well. Like, oh man. Just a couple yeah. Of, just a couple of and I think, I mean, I don't think either of us are really in the place to make a judgment on James Corden's journey oh, in no, the movie. No, no, no. Uh, I, I've read online that there are some opinions that yeah. you can read elsewhere on yeah. <laughs> on kind of the thoughts on James Corden's performance and kind of what he's, I guess we could te- leaning into <laughs> in his performance. And, but again, uh, you know, I'm not really in the space yeah, no, to make a judgment on that. Uh, I don't feel <sighs> it was wonderful to search Tracy Ullman show up yeah. as his mother that was fun um Although, like not a lot of oh wait um oh yeah as the mother of the are you talking about as the mother of uh who is she the mother of the james corden's mom wasn't she oh yeah so she's yeah. only in it okay i was confusing her with the briefly in it. I was, I was considering it was also nice to see her too yeah, yeah. Uh, mary Kay place yeah she's not in the movie that long though she's only she only gets like no it's like a minute or two minutes so that was like <clears> i feel like man there's like it's cool to see her but it's also like Man, you could have used some more almond in there. This well, it's just kind of goes with the overstuffed nature yeah. of this movie. Uh, another thing, and this again, Meryl Streep, 
her skill as a co-star, her chemistry with Keegan-Michael Key freaking slapped. Oh, yeah, that was great. And Keegan-Michael Key, he's in the Pantheon now, up there with Ed Beagley Jr. And um, yes. And other, like, semi, like, was like, how's this person a stud? Like, yeah, total and, uh, surprising hunk yeah. in, the, in the Meryl Streep canon. Yeah. Um, and they, they really, like, they, almost every one of the storylines in this movie, whether it was the the Joe uh, Joe Ellen Hellman storyline of kind of the the big one, I guess, is hers, or the Carrie Washington and her daughter storyline, or the Meryl Streep, Keegan Michael Key, or James Corden and um, Tracy Ullman, those could fill a two-hour movie. Oh, hundred percent in their own right. I mean, wouldn't it be wild if they just did this movie about like? A Broadway-loving small-town principal who falls in love with a Broadway diva. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be a ro- a- uh, uh, romantic comedy, right yeah, there. Yeah, you can still throw in one or two of those songs. That's fine. And you'd still yeah, that'd be great. You know, yeah. Thing, I want to almost go the opposite route, though. I was thinking about like what I liked about Mamma Mia compared to this movie. Because I think I like Mamma Mia more than this movie, definitely. And, I think Mamma Mia is better than this. Wow, what a yeah. statement. But yes, yeah. I think I like Mamma Mia more than this movie. Yeah, and I think, well, and what I like about, and, you know, love it or hate Mamma Mia, like, I like, there's, like, this anarchic, you know, Bacchic revelry in Mamma Mia, and I think, like, the prom, you know, it's a very high budget, very glossy, but it's almost, like, in a way, like, a little sterile and a little, like, you know, there's, like, yeah, a, yeah and it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's weirdly safe. It's weirdly safe. safe. And, it, and I wish it needs like I needs a little bit of that Stellan Skarsgård's booty with the eye tattoo. Like it needs like that like a little bit of pepper. Eyes. Let's uh, let's be honest. We got to yeah. get a little pepper. Oh, dude! Imagine a pepper just like was that here for some like in the in the food court scene. Uh, well, yeah, that but, is the glory of like almost all good musicals is that they're also really fucking weird. Yes. Like at their core. And this isn't a weird movie. This is not. And that's so a funny. good thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and it's like, I think you need like a little bit of that. Yeah, you need that crazy energy. You need that like, that chaos uh, and like that that feeling of like, uh, I don't know. Like I get like a feel, it feels like when I watch Mamma Mia, like no matter what time I watch it, that I've been asleep for 72 or uh, awake for 72 hours yeah. and I'm yeah. going insane a little bit. And I love that feeling. Like, I love and that you're feeling saying to personal. yourself, I should probably get some sleep. I should probably get some sleep, but this is interesting. Yeah, I, I want to watch yeah. Christine Bransky put a diaper on this man. Like, like it's, it's like, yeah. yeah, and it needed just a little bit. Like, I almost like if this movie had like a smaller, it was just a little smaller and a little like, you know, they treated like the small, think- if they treated the small Indiana town the way they treated that weird Greek island and there were like all these weird recurring towns yeah. and stuff. Uh, and then, like, and then you see that's uh, so like uh, oh yeah. There's like this element too. It's like so everyone knows they're singing. Like yeah. there's these parts at the top where they come in at the PTA meeting and they're like, stop it, stop singing. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like like the fantasy out. That's like the musical element. It's like I don't think you should ever yeah. say that's happening. That. It should just kind of like roll into it. Yeah, don't give me that meta Marvel bullshit. Because then you have all these questions of like, yeah, like it should not be meta. Like musicals shouldn't be meta. Yeah, and this was very meta because there was a ton of like the Broadway stuff. Like, can you believe this were Broadway stars? Yeah, it's like that happened. That happened. I can't believe that happened. Like that. Like yeah. Ugh, oh, ugh, I hate. Ugh. Yeah. Get away. From uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think this is a 
this is a Ryan Murphy issue too. Yeah. Um, you know, God bless him. He's been extraordinarily successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my Jen watches the American Horror Story every season. Mm-hmm. His stuff has the vibe of like, can you believe how edgy this is without being edgy at all? Yeah. Well, it's edgy for, you know, it, man, it's like, oh, this is going to be horrible. It's like edgy for like, it's like edgy for like people that are, well, it's like edgy for <laughs> people that aren't edgy a little bit, right? I don't know. I'm trying to think of yeah. like, well, you, you're like, you're like, you've never watched a like Lars von Trier or a Gaspar yeah. Noe movie. Or it's people that <laughs> yeah. never edgy. watched that. Yeah, it's like that, like yeah. people that would never watch. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, there's some, hey, I have a spice limit too. Like, I don't think I'll ever watch Antichrist because I have an idea of what that movie is about. And that seems scary to little baby Patrick. Uh, but I'd it's, it's an, I've i seen, I've seen, I've seen it. It's an unpleasant movie. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is totally, straight yeah. Up. And so like, I get, yeah. I get that too. But it's also like, you know, it's like, uh, I, yeah, there is something annoying about someone like, you know, look at how crazy. And when it's like, you can't, if you're winking, it's not real. It's. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's that's the thing about something like Lars von Trier movie, or even something like Pasolini's Salo. Oh, um, these are unpleasant things, but they're making you. It's you know, I this kind of gets to like cinema studies, like kind of the eye of like what are you being forced to watch and not right. look away from. Um, it's it's not there's. Oh yeah, oh, go ahead. Or, or like the opposite, or like even something like the Stalker, where like there's like a ten minute scene in Stalker where yeah. it's just dudes on a little train thing, the little push train thing, and they're just sitting there, and you're and you're, it's like, you know, why the hell am I watching these guys? But it's also like, you know, why are you watching these guys? Yeah, these I mean, it's like there's like a thing of like the transcendental cinema that I think about it always. It's like they set up a scene where you see a shot hold for like 10 seconds mm-hmm. someone enters the room someone else enters the room they do the scene then they leave the room and you're left in the room for another 10 seconds on either end and it's like yeah. why was i yeah. you know and it's and i don't think that there's that level of um curiosity no or challenge. in this work but on the flip side of that ryan murphy has done extraordinary work trying to give a lot of people who don't normally get shown oh totally on screen and there there's something obviously incredibly admirable about that so you can't and i think that again this comes down to um kind of not taste is not the correct word necessarily but kind of just what you want out of a film like obviously you would bring up antichrist salo or stalker those are not for everyone right they might be something that i like race out and goes because yeah. I do. I have. I've seen all of those. I, you know, you know, I have. I, I, you, you've got a case of the stalkers. Yeah, like I mean, we we tweeted from our account the other day. Our excite, or at least my excitement for the newly remastered The Mirror that's going <laughs> to be playing next year from Tarkovsky, and that's a difficult ass movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, would I like to? Would I like to see Streep work with Tarkovsky? Fuck yeah! But you know. Um, so it's just it that's what it comes down to it there's no right or wrong oh totally to well, than it, that yeah and it's like not everything and i am a uh, firm believer in not every film has to be like a challenging like uh you know crisis of faith and what is reality it doesn't have to be the strong and statement like you, you can have like 
comfort food. And I think it is. We talked like, about true lies before we yeah. jumped on here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. And I think we're both on the, yeah. And it's like, and I think we have just different tastes in comfort food. Like this is a very saccharine, like this is like a, this is like a chocolate bar. This is like a Hershey's bar. And, uh, you know, maybe I just want a French fry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, and it's just a matter of like, you know, sometimes like it's not, uh, this isn't the comfort food I typically uh, am drawn to. And I, and, and the thing too is like, I, I, I don't, I think I'd be, I'd love to see this like on stage. Like I do think this would be way more fun. And I think just like, uh, it's missing what like, yeah. And like I said earlier, like if it just had that anarchicness that you have on, cause I think the thing like Mamma Mia, like it brings some of the anarchy of a stage performance to the film. And this film does not, do that it feels everything's planned everything feels very like okay everything's like uh, sharply produced almost overproduced yeah. and, well i think uh, that goes back to mama mia the fact that pierce brosnan can't sing oh yeah and it's the romantic lead of the movie and it's, it's so, wild it's wild but it's also <laughs> silly and, yeah. and like yeah it's like it's crazy like yeah like and it, yeah. Yeah, it just needs that like it needs that like yeah it needs that craziness yeah but it's still, yeah. like, you know but it's like it's still commendable yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's commendable. I think, you know, I think we, one thing I wanted to talk about too is kind of this element of <sighs> these kind of rich Hollywood people or Broadway people oh, yeah. descending upon this small town. God. You know, it's kind of the same way of like expecting the voters in Georgia to be really excited that they're getting a phone call to vote for John Ossoff from yeah. like <laughs> Deborah Messing. It's like their heart is in the right place, but it's like, I kind of think people would take that as very like elitist and you're telling me what to do oh, especially and like the-, the reaction would not be everyone joining into a musical number and like oh yeah i'm on board these broadway people are right you've saved the day once again hollywood <laughs> yeah and like you know they try to like frame it like you know they use andrew analysis character as like okay he's like he was the star of a full house type sitcom or whatever mm-hmm. and so he's like he's like the in for them to change or whatever like they had that scene and maybe that's part of why that mall scene works too it's the one that's most believable of all because like <laughs> there's no way in hell like meryl street yeah. she shows up with like a sequent purple like mumu singing about how everyone is like uh having sex with their cousins and like you yeah. idiots that have sex with yeah she did like her she like opens up with like a song oh, called them rubes oh <laughs> yeah no it's like they're all dumb as hell i hate them all they're stupid bit of shit i want them to eat their butts like it's so like, and listeners if you can put a if you want to turn patrick's awesome song that he just <laughs> did for us like put some musical musical company to that we'll we'll, we'll buy you a t-shirt from somewhere i don't know if we, I, it might not say the academy academy on it but we'll buy you a t-shirt yes, we'll get you like a hanong man t-shirt or something yeah, we'll, buy, yeah, we'll buy you a t-shirt from the podcast the ride yeah we'll yeah. <laughs> better podcast we'll get you a better podcast t-shirt but it doesn't make it doesn't make them much in the same way that like i don't think it'd be likable if hollywood people descended on on your town and told you how to think like even if they were telling you how to think in a way that was frankly like appropriate yeah like totally and that's why again it's like oh it would have been nice to see like this coming from like the scene where the girl sings the song online. Yeah. 
has way more effect than any of the fuckers from Hollywood or oh, Broadway do. Yeah. And it's funny. I think like they try to be like, I think the problem is they're trying to have their cake and eat it too mm-hmm. a little bit. Cause it's like, they are, they are like self-aware in the movie to a certain extent. They are like, you know, I think like in the, and I bet in the play or the play it's, or the musical, it's way more like clear, like obvious how like, you know, scummy they are kind of a little bit like because they're trying to use like this woman's tragedy is like a, a way to like buoy their own careers or whatever and, I and think uh, initially though you're on her side because so oh, yeah. regardless of how the character behaves you're like but i still want to hang with meryl because she's proven over 50 years like well, who, who we want you know <laughs> to root for in a movie you uh-huh. like meryl she rarely plays bad we've talked about that <laughs> <laughs> And it's also, and she's like, yeah, and she is like fun. Like she's great in the role. It's so, okay, I have a question for you. This is like, maybe it's not hard for you. I bet you're going to answer. It's going to be easy. So if these two are in a bracket against each other, are you going, you're going with let them all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would too, honestly. Yeah. Never mind. I was thinking, cause like, hey. this, there is this part of me. It's funny. Cause uh, I rewatched some of the prom last night before this and it felt like the prom is like such a, uh, is a uh, Meryl Streep is such a bigger part of the prom and is like, like just like truly like the star of the prom as opposed to let them uh, let them all talk uh, let them all talk which is like a uh, uh, way more of an ensemble even though this movie is an ensemble piece too but I feel like Meryl's so clearly like like the peacock in this yeah and I'm not sure if this movie should be an ensemble piece yeah honestly I'm with you uh, can we pause really quickly I need to get my uh, charger I'll be right oh back. yeah. Okay, yeah. and I'll edit this bad boy out. Or maybe I'll leave it in, I'll leave in like five minutes of... Yeah, uh, silence, yeah. Oh, like yeah. You get more Soderberg thoughts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is yeah, this will be our stalker moment. This will be our stalker yeah. moment. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know where Meryl Streep would do if she ended up in the zone. <laughs> but if you know, go watch Stalker. If you want us to talk about Stalker, we'll talk about it. But uh, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. If you like Russian weirdness, like I do, um, and I, yeah, recommend it. Okay, there we go. Okay, got the charger. We're back. I'm so out of breath. I'm, I'm not in shape, guys. <laughs> I'm, I had to go upstairs. It's not good. <laughs> keep that charger close. Got to keep it close. I've learned my lesson. I was able to do like one sentence about Stalker. <laughs> I was like, I'm not prepared for a full scale. St- I, I I did wonder what Meryl Streep would be like if she entered the zone. But um, and if if you're interested, if you're interested in more Stalker stuff, I really recommend Jeff Dyer's books uh, Zona, uh, which is about both Stalker and his obsession with Stalker. That's interesting. Uh, you know, the subtitle is a book about a movie about a walk to a room. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> which, but I mean, Stalker is about everything and nothing. And yeah. it has um, the the final sequence with the little girl in the glass is one of the most, I mean, this is kind of, oh, we're going to get into it. This is the difference. Waiting two and a half hours for a moment of pure transcendence is what I prefer more than a maximalist two and a half hours of 22 songs. Yeah. <laughs> that is you know, totally... I, the patience that you feel, 
in that moment and your eyes growing wide of, oh my gosh, it's so much bigger than I thought it was. You know, it's just, um, I guess that's what my taste is. No, no, that's totally fair. But I think, like, God bless Ryan Murphy. I, I'd love to know what Ryan Murphy thinks of Stalker. If you, Ryan, if you're listening and you want to come on and talk Stalker with us, uh, we'd love to have you. Yes, Ryan, I'll, I'll become a damn gleek if that's what it takes. Yeah, we'll watch every... I'll watch every episode of Glee. This, this, this son of a bitch is going to become a damn gleek. Yeah, I think the, the specter of Glee does, uh, the specter of Glee hangs over the problem, I think. Uh, as someone who has never seen it, uh, this, it, yeah, someone who has never seen Glee before, which again, I think gets to our taste yeah. <laughs> once again. Yeah, I've never seen good. an episode of Glee. It, it could be good, um, it could be good, it could be good. I, I ain't hating. But I think, yeah, it looks maximalist just like everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I wanted to talk about to the. Hey, we haven't talked about the Carrie Washington character yet, oh, yeah. Mrs. Green. Uh, this is kind of our villain of the picture. Yeah. And uh, she's the head of the PTA who does not want. Um, uh, she wants prom to be straight. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and is kind of um, the one fighting the big fight against all of our heroes in this movie. Um, she, unbeknownst to her, her daughter is in love with our leading character, Emma. And uh, at the end, comes out and uh, Carrie Washington does a pretty massive understanding about shift, about face tur- you know, turn. <laughs> it takes about five seconds for her to become completely accepting and practically ask Emma to move in. Um, you know and I know it's a musical I know it's all about happy endings it's wild it's absolutely wild that she's singing the final song with all of them (laughs) oh it's ridiculous and then like on one hand like I get it like yeah like you said it's a musical and it's like it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be like she doesn't have to be the like you know they could have it has like it should have a happy ending like i'm not against it having a no. happy ending but and like yeah, with this wish, theme it should have a happy ending yeah but it's like but but like you wish they had done it in a way that made sense or like was like yeah like that was like clear or like maybe like like maybe they needed a song together in the middle of the movie or something that like was like or have her, her turn start sooner yeah like maybe like uh you know, maybe like even like a half an hour before, as opposed to like two minutes before the film is over. Like, yeah, like a scene where everybody's, minutes. yeah, like, uh, you know, in uh, Magnolia where they're all singing uh, the Amy Mann song together and everybody's really down in the dumps. Yeah. Like a scene like that where everybody's at their low point. Like Meryl Streep is broken up with Keegan Michael Key. James Corden and Tracy Ullman are not getting along. The breakup between the girls has happened. Give Nicole Kidman something to do to make her depressed about. Uh, and they're all like drinking whiskey singing song. You know, as kind of like the turn song. But like, yeah, I kept like where did Yeah, I just I didn't buy it. No, totally. I just didn't buy it. Um, and I know that it's supposed to just be a big rousing happy ending, and I know I'm the let them all talk guy who wants <laughs> quiet subtle sensitivity um but i just didn't buy it 
And I just, it felt overstuffed to me. And, you know, I think, frankly, part of me, because she had been so cruel, just wanted her to lose. Oh, totally. But I know that's not right either. And we should probably be all hoping instead of everyone comes to this point of brilliant acceptance and everyone and love. Yeah. But, you know, they just hadn't given her enough um, nuance. Oh, not at all. She was like a, a stock villain. Like, yeah, like the bad guy in the end of the first Wonder Woman, like Emperor Palpatine-esque. Like yeah. Like level of like, just like comical evil. And even if she wasn't a bigot, she was still like this like psycho tiger mom. Oh, yeah. Which like, isn't a pleasant character like, either. Like, yeah, she had this whole, like her daughter had this whole song about like, I have to be perfect in every single way or else my mom will not respect me. Like, it's like that level of like, yeah. You should write the uh, log lines for every one of the songs in this movie. It's like, yeah, the theme of this song is I gotta be perfect or I won't be respected by my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, you know, or like, yeah, what was the, I'm trying to think, I can't even remember any other songs enough to like yeah, I, mean, I, I, one thing, one thing I keep thought in my head is all of the 30 year old castmates that they brought in from Broadway who could sing and dance. Oh, yeah. Like, cause like the two leads were the only ones who felt like they were in high school. Oh, a hundred percent. And all the and, other, all the other actors, yeah, they like, felt like they were in their like, yeah, early thirties. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, again, like I get, go back to like Lucas Hedges' character felt like there was no like artifice. He felt like a real kid who I've played, who I played pool with when I was 22. Yeah. You know? Like that, yeah, that opening scene where they're playing pool with his friends and stuff. Everyone felt like, go back to let them all talk. Calm. And not like, and I get it, it's a musical, it's supposed to be heightened. Yeah. But at the same time, it goes back to this, like, the cake and eat it, you know, line. If it's going to be like this grounded story of acceptance, Mm. but it's also going to be this insane 22 minute epic musical, 22 song epic musical. It was just too much for me as like just in my general sensibilities of a movie as a movie fan. And well, to bring it back to chocolate, like this movie is like the equivalent to like eating a whole cake by yourself, like that level of saccharin and like in like a a store-bought, like, artificial cake, like a very, like, like a Ralph's, like one of those Ralph's sheet cakes. Yeah. Like, like, way too much frost. Or, like, it was, like, eating, like, one of those, like, you know those, like, soft cookies with, like, the, that are, like, super soft with, like, the cream on top? Yeah. Eating, like, 12 of those. And, like, half of one is more than enough, but if you eat 12, you're gonna feel bad. You're you're getting a tummy ache, my dude. Yeah, if, um, if, if, let them all talk needs to marinate for a few years. The problem is done. It's well done and it's ready to go right now. If you're not eating it now, it's going to go bad very soon. Oh, yeah. That's testing. And only have like, yeah, it, eat it in small bites. Like maybe like watch like five or 10 minutes at a time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, four months. <laughs> and I guess, you know, that's not Ryan Murphy's thing. Yeah. His yeah. thing is not, he wants to stuff it. You know, I think the other thing, too, is he's coming from television where everything is stuffed. Like, there isn't a lot of room for calm nuance on television, especially because he's also coming from cable television that required, like, commercials and kind of the speed and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, and I think I, I and I genuinely prefer movies more than TV, I guess, in terms of that too 
Like outside of, you know, the occasional Twin Peaks or Sopranos, I'd rather be watching a movie. Yeah. And, you know, Twin Peaks and Sopranos are the closest to letting things play out in a movie kind of way of pretty much any show. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like them and like The Wire, I guess. Those are like the big three. Like, yeah. yeah like, yeah, the earlier HBO shows and Peaks yeah. kind of are the, are, <laughs> yeah. the, are the way to go. It's not and even later yeah, HBO shows. No, no, anymore. no. Not, they don't do that anymore either. I mean, I heard somebody say, I don't think The Sopranos gets on the air in HBO 2020. Wow. Which is a crazy thought. I mean, but I think they're right. Yeah, honestly. You know, I mean, nobody's going to let them do an hour-long dream sequence episode like they do on Sopranos. Oh, yeah. These days. is You know, everything is way more overstuffed, way more, you know, got to get, gotta get the memes. And oh, the prom is Mame City. Oh, big uh, time! A lot of great, know. a lot of great GIF faces. Like if you want to see, like yeah, like a weird James Corden duck face, or a, like a, like you know, any reaction shot in this is probably going to be on uh, Google or, or Twitter at some point in the future. Yeah, but I mean, I guess like yeah, it's it just it's just very interesting. These are two. I mean, it goes to show kind of the breadth of what Streep brings to the table mm-hmm. that she can bring it, bring it such a nuanced, subtle thing, like let them all talk or some just crazy over the top, but not crazy at all to get back to that, yeah. <laughs> the pro, you know, maximalist musical yeah. that, you know, I, I think, yeah, I got, I think this movie's greatest sin. I think you really summed it up is kind of just how safe it feels. Oh yeah. It doesn't let its freak flag fly as much as it thinks it does. And go back to Mamma Mia. That I mean, that's a psychedelic movie. Oh yeah, and it's, I, I it's a trip. yeah, and I wish. Yeah, I think the glory of musicals is that they allow you to play in a fantasy realm. Yeah, and this doesn't really. Nah. And I know that because the entire point of this movie is its social message. Yeah. Like beyond anything else, that's all they really want to get across. In this movie, and it's a good social message, so you can't condemn it in no. any sense in that way. But um, yeah, I, 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 it's weird for a movie that should be more fun, though. Yeah. For it to kind of be the slog that it is. And it's a little, yeah, a little like, yeah, a little, yeah, so safe, so withdrawn, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you just want, you want. Uh, Ariana DeBose and uh, Joe Ellen Pelman to like go on to bigger and better. Like I want their Mamma Mia. Like I want them to do like a crazy like movie where they go to like a, a like a small island off the coast of Malta and they are they're like you know <laughs> doing weird dances and they get their own version of Pepper and whatnot. Yeah. Pepper. Yeah. Every every musical needs a Pepper. But I think yeah I, I just think like the glory of like the good film musicals is kind of. Um, yeah, I had a improv coach who once kind of like was like, "Why are all of your scenes about people in a room talking to each other?" He's like, "Why don't you? Why aren't you on a spaceship? Why aren't you on a pirate ship? Why aren't you? You know, and, and all of these things because it's all possible. People ex- like when you do whether and in musicals it's the same thing. It's like what you can ex- accept." as a watcher of a musical goes far beyond what, like what you can accept while watching, let, like the rules are much more narrow and let them all talk 
than they are in the prom. Mm-hmm. So have fun with it. Yeah, go crazy. Yeah. And I also think, like, because Streep, Corden, and Kidman are not, like, fierce Broadway people, yeah. there's a lot of them walking around and singing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is like the Aaron Sorkin musical. Just like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of walking around and a lot of the songs uh, exposition. Yeah, it's like uh. what would what would uh, if Aaron Sorkin wrote a musical? Uh, what do you think it would be? What do you think it'd be called? Oh, we don't God. need to get in the plot line, but what do you think it'd be called? Uh, I think it'd be called the musical, and it'd be <laughs> like about like yeah the pro like you know. Uh, how important it is to make the perfect Broadway musical, and uh, it'd, be, oh God, it'd be very like, uh, but it'd be it'd star like a gruffer, uh, you know, a gruffer guy, probably wearing a fedora. I'm imagining like a spot, a Scott Bakula, maybe like a Scott. I, I, I think you gotta go Jeff Daniels in yeah, your well, world. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> we're going back, Jeff Daniels. Jeff <laughs> Newsroom, back at it. Yeah, it's the newsroom. <laughs> the newsroom man is back, and he's a musician. Musical. Back in my day, musicals were a little better. Yeah, the kids are really ruining musicals. We need to like think a lot more about being pragmatic in our in our musical. Flappy Bird. What about Chicago? Yeah, come on, people. Come on. Yeah, I, I think I would call mine agree to disagree. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> it, right? Yeah, if as long as you like listen and give this song is going to be more of a monologue, it's going to take about six <laughs> minutes to get through. <laughs> there will be no dancing. But I'm yeah. going to make some strongly worded points. We're, we're turning the stage into a hallway. So unfortunately, you're yeah. on the other side of the wall. You won't be able to see them walking, but you'll be it's able like, to hear them. Did you think, what? like, I know you liked Abby Hoffman, but what if he wasn't a radical? And yeah. what if he was more of a pragmatic guy who listened to reason and loved America? Yeah, a guy <laughs> who uh, didn't write, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The book about like, <laughs> I don't know, like what, what's that? What's that called, book called? Don't uh, steal this book. Yeah, steal this book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. guy who wrote steal this book. Yeah, what if the guy who wrote steal this book was actually yeah. uh, a bit of a you know sees both sides, a little down to earth. Yeah, yeah. It's like instead of trying to levitate the Pentagon, he was like. Maybe we should respect Congress a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> maybe uh, I want to say thank you to the troops. So I guess maybe the prom wasn't our least favorite Netflix original. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. just, <laughs> no, just joking. No offense. No offense. But uh, but yeah, write a musical, Sorkin. We want to see it. You love to see it, yeah, and you want to see it. No joke. Make a musical adaptation of Sports Night. I would a hundred Sports Night slash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see. Yeah, we let's see it happen. Next movie, you know. Bring back Josh Charles. That was like the interesting thing, though. I think that was always the biggest thing. He'd have to like hire someone to write the music because that was the big issue with studio the Saturday Night Live show. Oh, did was that like. (laughs) You had to believe that Matthew Perry and Whit- Bradley Whitford were like these comedy geniuses, and the sketches sucked. Oh, they're so bad. It's like wacky. Yeah. Is it wacky Christians or crazy? Christians? Yeah. Oh, it's a. So it's a. Uh, it's a it, oh, classic it the, Hollywood live thing. It makes the prom look subtle. 
like that. Uh, yeah. Although the problem, yeah, maybe not. They're both equally unsubtle. I don't know. Yeah, they're both lecturing the ropes. <laughs> so a lot of finger wagging. Yeah, but I, yeah. So the message of the prompt, good, maybe yeah. just not for the Academy Academy in terms of what we, you know, give us stalker baby. Yeah. Like that's just kind of our taste. Uh, but I guess the big question would be, I think we've kind of covered it a little bit. I mean, obviously the prom fits right in the wheelhouse of being in the musical region. I don't think the prom though features a street performance as good as any, maybe into the woods, maybe into the woods. Like I think, Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Mamma Mia versus the prom would have been a tasty episode. I that would think. Have been so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I think. Ah, oh, man, there is like a part of me that's like, in the way our uh, God, it's so messed up that like it's a world where the problem has. I don't want to say the problem has a better chance than let them all talk, but like, yeah, like it is like, I would like to do that episode of Mamma Mia versus the problem, and I think like, yeah, Into the Woods, like, that is kind of like a slightly because I guess like part of it's just she just gets more to do here. Into the Woods was one of the weaker movies. Yeah. In general, like yeah. least memorable, yeah. And she does get more to do here. She's more, much more of a lead, like uh, into the woods. She's kind of almost doing a guest appearance, yeah, in that movie where she is a big part of the goings on in this movie. Despite I don't, I think she is the lead, but I don't think she should be the lead mm-hmm. of this movie. It's so funny. Do you think she'll get like? I am like curious. I feel like there is like a not. A small chance that she'll get nominated for an acting. Uh, for an acting I nominee. think she's going to get nominated for a Gigi. Yeah, for oh, this. definitely a Gigi. I think in the comedy like, musical. Because I think she got nominated for best supporting act uh, actress for Into the Woods. She so did. I, think, yeah. I think there is like a chance where she'll get nominated for this <laughs> and not like let them all talk. I'm some not, twisted world. Yeah. yeah, it is like this is like a uh, yeah it makes like the the Hoosiers over Blue Velvet nom look like nothing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and no diss because I would rat, watch Hoosiers ten times out of ten times before watching the prom again. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, or Blue Velvet. Uh, hundred, I'd watch Blue Velvet. Well, times. yeah. Although that maybe not a hundred times. That movie's pretty intense. I'd watch it's, it ten times. It's an <laughs> unpleasant. But again, like <laughs> Halo or Stalker, Blue Velvet probably more in our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pilot, uh, watch that, folks. Don't yeah, watch Blue yeah. Velvet. Yeah, if we've if, if swayed if if the our reviews of these two movies today have swayed you to do anything, it's go watch Blue Velvet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I think um, yeah, I mean, I think that prom would have actually stood a chance of making the tournament if we had done it if yeah. we had started the tournament today. Yeah, which honestly, is yeah. interesting to say, but if we're doing a musical region, this is definitely fits in the yeah. realm. It's a big street part that's worth looking at. Mm-hmm. I think she's good in this movie. I don't know if she's great. No. In this movie. I, I, but I, I think I think I would still it's so funny. I think I would still go with Mamma Mia. Yeah, me too. The problem. Yeah, honestly, like hundred percent. Yeah. I think I would uh just because yeah, I think Ma- Ma- She's Ma- having genuine fun in oh, Mamma Mia. It's so fun. Yeah, she's having she's having a blast. She's having, she's having the time of her life and then like the prom isn't as like I feel like the she's so much more integral to Mama Mia. Not that like other people aren't integral to Mama Mia, but but she's like yeah, she's like she elevates it. She takes it to the next level. I think this one feels weirdly enough like more of a social obligation. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Mamma Mia, which is just a, like, I'm sure that crossed her, her desk and she was just like, oh gosh, wow, this is kind of interesting and wild. Like, I've never done something like this before. And maybe, you know, maybe because she did Mamma Mia, the problem doesn't feel as novel. That's true. That could be part of it. You know, we've seen it. We've seen a weirder, wilder, better version mm-hmm. of it. I think the um, the direction in Mamma Mia, Felita Lloyd's direction is more adventurous and more enthusiastic. Uh, some personal stuff came up, but it's all good. Nothing for you to worry about, Academy Academy fans. It is good news. Uh, it's good as hell. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It it uh, to use the parlance of my co-host, it slaps. Yeah, it slaps. It's good as hell. It's a bona fide slapper. Yeah, bona fide slapper. Uh, but it'll be in the past by the time this episode <laughs> comes out. <laughs> Not to get to not to get not to get too Chris Nolan here, but time is weird in the world of podcast taping when you're doing all these ones ahead of time and you oh, know yeah. future and past. Like I feel like I'm dang tenant. Yeah, I'm inverted and, here. And just yeah, just to be clear, one of us did go through the tenant machine, and so like I'm in one of those like weird rooms where like I'm saying stuff in reverse. And it's coming out the other. Sorry if I'm spoiling. Well, being honest, I am in control of the algorithm now. Oh, and yeah. watch, watch out, because I'm, a, I'm, I'm slowly becoming a very, very angry, mustache twirly Russian man. <laughs> so, oh no! Oh, oh no! no. Are, you, are you star touring? Don't star touring. Say, yeah, I'm say touring. Say, say touring. Yeah. Don't say tour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, Patrick and I exchanged a lot of text messages about it. If you want that text message to come real and you want us to talk to a bonus where we talk about Tenet Ooh. for 40 minutes, we are up for it. Well, <laughs> so, I'd be more yeah, to do a nothing, nothing to do with Street, but a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I, I'm, um, I'm going to be watching that movie tonight again, actually. Yes, I'm two screenings in on Tenet as well. <laughs> uh, one behind Mank. Three Mank screen. If you want to hear three more Mank. about Mank, maybe we'll do them on both on the same episode. Damn, two, three Manks and two Tenets, my boy. Yeah, full house, baby. Full house. That's the yeah, idea. Uh, I want to make a card deck of just movies that came out in 2020. Like, yeah, oh, tour movies in 2020. Oh, yeah, let them all talk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm screwed. I got, I ended up with four Invisible Mans. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I got a. Uh, Invisible Man slaps, too. Oh, no, uh, speaking sense. of which, uh, take a look at that if you haven't, folks. Yeah, we are we have got, we have uh, gone way off the rails, further yeah. off than our Guy Fieri talk. But um, oh, that's true. Get that to sum things up, uh, we liked let them all talk more than the prom, yes. but we feel that the prom makes the tournament, which is might sum up kind of this tournament. Oh, yeah. In general, <laughs> as we get, we were uh, my co-host, and I, my co-host, and I were talking as we get continue into this uh, tournament. Yeah, some of the it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I think going forward to watch some of these. Not that the movies are bad, but it's just gonna be difficult. Like we're gonna be repeating, repeat viewing some of these films a lot, and it'll be interesting. Maybe our sanity will slip a little bit. Yeah, I, I never would have seen it coming for an actress who. I mean, these are sixteen. Outside of maybe She Devil, which we love, sixteen classy movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she Devil, I wouldn't necessarily call it classy, but I would call awesome. 
Yeah, um, that's good. It's, yeah. And I wish I wish we could watch She Devil again. <laughs> oh, honestly, same here. Oh man, I'm starting. To, I, I, she Devil's at least fun, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's the weight of oof. you know we we we've recorded it. There will be no spoilers, but you know next week's episode we cover Sophie's Choice and we cover the Bridges of Madison County again. Diving in and rewatching, in particular, I'd say Sophie's Choice. It's not, it's, it, it ain't a, re- somebody called Bill Simmons. I don't think it's a rewatchable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's hard, man. It's tough. And it's like, some of these, you know what? It's like, you're only supposed to watch this movie maybe once every four years or five years. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've only seen Salo once. I've only seen Antichrist once. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. You don't, yeah. You're not, you're not going to the, you're not going to the Mank Bank with uh, Salo. You're not, yeah. <laughs> we ain't talking Mank here, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not doing. You're not making those choices. So it's like. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough. It'll be tough, but we'll get through it. Like. Mama Mia is looking a lot better by oh, the day. Oh, dude, I'm so that'll be an oasis. Yeah. Like, just like this oasis of Mama. Oh yeah, because like even like. Oh man, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we uh how our minds feel about these films as we continue. These are on. not um. These are not Chris Nolan joints where it's like, oh, the second time through, I'm seeing things like, oh, he had he set up this entire like, like, oh, what did we know? Like, even let them all talk. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah. there are certain things that are kind of like tossed in, like, oh, what's that all about? Like, if you watch it a second time, you'd see the nuances and be like, oh, that's cool. Um, Iron Lady's not going to be like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess we'll. Maybe we'll find new ways well, Jim Broadbent's character is being uh, racist. Like, speaking yeah. of speaking of gifs, before we go, none, no gifs of him wearing the turban. Oh yeah, good. I was looking. For, I was looking for. I was looking for. A while. Yeah. And I was like, no, yeah, probably nobody took the time to do that, and good for them, not for yeah. not doing so. Doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have the same appeal as the prom, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, no double takes from the Iron Lady, but you know her performance her in movies. She's so good; she really does like she's raise great. the qual. She raises the quality of things that don't have like. I mean, sadly, she's. You know, I would have loved to see her in a movie like Heat that I could watch a million times over and over again. But you know, her and uh, Diane Weist in the Pacino De Niro rolls like let's see it happen oh hell yeah these guys are good <laughs> <laughs> i want to see street take the pacino part but Ooh. you know because she's got a great ass <laughs> <laughs> i want to see okay now i want to see meryl streep as al pacino as the devil in the devil's advocate yeah <laughs> oh god bless al pacino uh, oh god you know good. Stay around forever, Al. If you want to hear us do an Al, oh, I would love to. Oh, man. Dig we, deep I on can, him. Oh, man, I could go down that Pacino hole. Kind of the big, one of the big quarantine things is my appreciation for late Pacino has continued to grow because he's crazy. He's doing some caricature stuff, but he's so entertaining and weird. Oh, total weirdo. I mean, I, mean, I guess Jack like... Yeah, Don Cacino is like one of the great things to ever, as oh, we've yeah. mentioned it before, back to Sandler, but Don oh, Cacino is yeah. one of the great things Replace ever. Replace the Mona Lisa with that in the Louvre. That's my take. <laughs> Sorry, Mona Lisa. Uh, 
Yeah, in the future, Mona Lisa, your ass is canceled. We got Doug Cheeto. Take Doug Cheeto in there. That's what people are going to be taking pictures with and comparing themselves to. Yeah, well, this this episode, Patrick, has been appropriately weird yes. for uh, recording the day after Christmas in two separate states. Oh, God, yeah. Talking about the dang prom. And yeah. let them all talk. What a weird life we have. This is yeah. Uh, watch the movies. Uh, you know what? Before we go, we are not getting. We we want to hear from our audience a little bit more. What are you liking? What aren't you liking? What do you want to hear more of? Do you want the episodes longer? I don't think that's possible. Yeah. But if you, do you want, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but uh, let us know. You know, we want to hear. Did you think that we are like being a little hard? on the prom who knows or any of these movies you know or or if we or if we're being very appropriate or if we're being too dang nice yeah we want to know or we not enough into the woods content we need to go yeah we need to re rekindle that wood so you know rate review check us out we have a i think we have a very uh great combination in our twitter feed depending on who's tweeting between um your hip online kind of reference points and dad jokes. <laughs> um, I think that we're, you could decide which one is yeah. doing them. Yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, is being very charitable, by the way. <laughs> uh, if you think that if you're as amused by the Bazinga jokes that I, as I am with pictures of Simon Helberg uh, or Helbit, whatever is, yeah, he's good. I know this. Yeah, I like Frodo. that. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, Simon Frodo. I like yeah. him a lot. Like, I'd like to see him more. But um, if you're as amused by those as me, yeah, let us know. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be jumping back in. This was a bonus episode. This was the same week as our adaptation chat. Um, we're jumping back in in a okay. big way next week on the tournament. Uh, we have a very hot, I think that that would be the best way to put it, oh, episode spicy. coming up next yeah, with uh, the Sophie's, the next episode featuring Sophie's Choice versus the Bridges of Madison County uh, that we're excited to share with you. We've got great guests lined up for season for uh round two the elite eight. Oh yeah and we're looking forward to taking the journey with you is there any guests i mean obviously we got dream guests guy fieri stanley tucci we've mentioned a few others oh, that yeah. we'd love to have on the show um fucking richard jewell james or uh, uh, paul walter hauser oh god a paul walter hauser would be so nice we'd love to see you we'd love to see the sandman we'd love joe dante i mean any of these people oh, you know but yeah, so thank you for hanging with us. We hope you enjoyed the uh, this bonus episode. We got some more surprises to come in addition to the tournament. And uh, we're excited to have you all along for the ride. Um, I don't think, you know, we're just going to thank the audience for this one. I don't yeah. think we need to do the yeah, bit necessarily. Do the bit. Well, you <laughs> know what? I'm going to say a happy New Year's. This will oh. be, this should be out on New Year's, so. Yeah, you know, uh, release that rocket you got in your backyard or that little firecracker. Uh, drink that wine. Do what you got to do, baby. That's I mean, and we, we got two really big events on the horizon in 2021. We're getting that dang vaccine. We're going to get outside. We might be able to record one of these episodes in the same room at oh, some point. Man. And we're deciding a winner. We're deciding a winner in this oh, yeah. dang tournament. So we will, we will. We're in it for the long haul, my friend. So thank you all. This has been the Academy Academy. See you next time. Bye bye. Thank you. Pull back them dark and dusty drapes. Let in some light. 
Tell the billboy come and get my trunk Cause I'm leaving here tonight And I've packed my bags And I paid my bills And I'm turning in my key And if those sad souls down in the lobby Ask for me Just tell them I'm checking out This heartbreak hotel I ain't gonna live on Lonely Street no more No more I found a new love and a new place to dwell where teardrops ain't soaking the floor 